crap. Not bad. Not bad. Give me give me like a happy one. Crap. Now sadder one. Crap. Give me a real sexy one. Crap. Ooh. <laughs> Jeez. Give me a bomber's one. Crap. <laughs> this is crap. Crapper and crappy, crappy and crapper, crappity crappy, crappy crap. Deg wants me to change this intro song every week, so here's a low effort attempt. Welcome to this week's crap episode of Bombers. I'm your host, Piddle. With me, I have bomber number one, Spiegel. Crap. Got the take. Nailed it. And bomber number five, Deg. Park. I did it backwards. Deg, you want to get us started with this episode? I do not. Yes, you do. Oh. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of Bombers. Uh, here with me, I have uh, Piddle, bomber number two. That's not what you meant by get started, was it? No, not at all. Well, that's how episode starts. I've listened to this show before. I'm, I'm, I'm meaning bombastic news. Welcome to the bombastic news. We've got a couple housekeeping things for you today. First of all, of course, we have our lovely Discord with just a great number of users in there. There is a link in the description of the podcast. Please click on that. Join us. Come hang out. We'd love to have you. We also have our Monday, Wednesday, and Friday streams on Twitch at This Is Bombers, twitch.tv slash This Is Bombers. We have a Twitter. It's at This Is Bombers. Good luck with that. Lol. Also, our Gmail, this is bombers at gmail.com. Please email us any questions that you have for the Bombers Notebook or any fan fiction that you've written of us. We'd love to read it live on air for you. And to wrap everything up, we have our Bombers Patreon. Give us money so that you can listen to our beautiful voices. Big shout out and thanks to Rob, our best friend. Rob is our best friend. He he gives us money. He gives us the most money. That's that's how you know real best friends happen with money. Give words, talk good on show. Uh, this I is don't how know. all healthy relationships work. I don't know if uh, well maybe I'll cut that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too real, man. Uh, one thing, Deg, <laughs> that you forgot to mention. I did. One thing, Deg, that you forgot to mention is we have a new podcast coming down the pipeline. Oh, as oh part, we got a new podcast. As part of the Bombers family of podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, <sighs> the, the name has not been ready to be revealed yet. But, but it will be been gone done ready. I'm going to be on it, and you're going to like it, probably. I like it when you're on things. Me too. <laughs> That's enough about our uh, our bedroom lives. Let's move on to the uh, the next segment. Game Club. So if you did not know, uh, it is basically the end of November. So we have nominated our game for December and January. This is our double header. Two months to complete a longer game, generally RPGs. Uh, speak of what were our nominations again? Um, I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, but I know that Bug Fables did very well. Uh, Persona 4 did very well. Persona 5 did not do so well. Uh, Dark Souls, blessedly, did not do so well. And then uh, Final Fantasy VI was the winner. And I guess that actually is all the nominees because we didn't have that many for some reason. But uh, for RPG Winter, as as we are deeming it, uh, Final Fantasy VI is the winner. 
I'm excited to play it. I have not beaten it yet. Come play Final Fantasy VI, uh, released in America on the Super Nintendo as Final Fantasy III with the Bombers. Uh, and you can talk about it uh, with us, which might be something you want to do. Now, Deg, have you played Final Fantasy VI yet? I'm not a big Final Fantasy fan to see. Um, so, no, I have never played Final Fantasy VI. Will you be playing it? Will you join us on this adventure? I have a Super NES Classic that I su- suppose it's on, according to rumors that I heard in the Discord. Link in the description down below. Spiegel, I know you haven't. No, I have not. I haven't finished the game, no. Um, the only Final Fantasy games I really have any experience with are Final Fantasy 1, Final Fantasy 2, and Final Fantasy 3. The original three, uh, only one of which actually got released here in America, and the other two are utter garbage. And somehow you played them. I played enough of them. Yeah, I have beaten one, two, three. I played enough of to hate it. Um, so 20 minutes? Four. Yeah. <laughs> I've beaten four, have not beaten uh, five yet, and have not beaten six yet. So I am fairly excited because I've tried to play before and have never finished it. So this is my chance. This is everyone's I- chance. This is bombers. I do want to mention. I do want to mention. I completely forgot what bug, bug fables was until just now. Oh, I forgot so- that it's basically Paper Mario. Otherwise, yeah. I would have voted for it. Oh, come on, that makes me really upset because really all we needed was like one game to swing in Bug Fables' direction. Bug Fables was my number one pick. Um, thanks to Rob for the nomination. Best friend of the show, Rob, because he gives us the most money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted to play Bug Fables, which you can buy for the cost of supporting Bombers for like eight months. So instead, since we're not playing Bug Fables, give your money to us for eight months. Better choice. Obviously. So moving on to our game releases for this coming week, we've got... Thank goodness. This man i i'm not excited to even mention these games there's a lot of Um, games coming out this week man a lot which is surprising for like this late in the holiday season yeah we're gonna mention them yep we got december 1st empire of sin coming to switch playstation 4 xbox one and pc rainbow six siege coming to playstation 5 and xbox series x and series s i guess Twin Mirror coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. That's the only one I really want to mention is uh, Twin Mirror is made by Don't Nod. So that's probably another, what's it, what's it called? Life, Life is, strange. is Strange. Don't Be Strange. Oh. This game is strange. Telltale stylish. No. It, degree. Story, story game type of thing. This one has gone back and forth on whether or not it is actually episodic. First they said it was not episodic. Then they said that it was episodic. And now it's not episodic again. And uh, it will be non-episodic on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on December 1st. So you decide just what degree of episodic acity it is. Until they release the DLC in episodes. Right. Um, I actually No, no, no. It's just going to be DLC. Not episodes. Yeah. I actually wanted to talk about Rainbow Six Siege, which is coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X. Now, this is like a six-year-old game. Um, yep. Th- or five-year-old, pro- probably. Uh, this game came out on PS4 and Xbox One, and now they're re-releasing it on PS5 and Xbox Series X. Here's what I don't understand, okay? All PS4 games and all Xbox 
One games are backwards compatible, meaning that you can play them on PS5 and Xbox Series X and they receive upgrades when you do that? Or is that not correct? Is that what's facilitating the necessity of this re-release? Because I don't understand why they're re-releasing games that are already out. I think, well, on one hand, there's a difference between a, like, up-res and a native uh, graphical resolution. But I'm a stupid consumer, and I don't understand these things. They're counting on people being stupid consumers and just buy it because it's new. Plan backfired. I'm not buying it because it appears to be old. I think part of it is if you if it's just like going off the backwards compatibility stuff, it's only going to do whatever the backwards compatibility whatever emulator can do. Whereas by actually porting it, they're probably able to take advantage of the hardware more specifically. I'm taking a look at some of the things uh, Ubisoft said. It's delivering target 120 frames per second, 4K resolution, faster load times, and uh, immersive DualSense controller features. Oh, boy. So totally worth it. Totally worth it. (laughs) What comes out the next day? Let's do that instead. Yeah, like literally tomorrow you can play Rainbow... Tonight, if you stay up until midnight and you're listening to Bombers on November 30th, 2020, you can play Rainbow Six Siege on your PS5 or your Xbox Series X. You can play the special enhanced version instead of the backwards compatible version. You're still spending too much time on this. Tell me about uh, Wednesday, right? On Wednesday, Rainbow Six Siege releases again for PS5 and Xbox Series X, this time with all the DLC. This is a special edition of the game called the Game of the Year edition. I hate you. (laughs) All right, let's up. We're going to move on to December 2nd games. No, I'm not ready. December 2nd, we've got Sam and Max Save the World Remastered, PC and Switch. A port of a Wii and Xbox 360 game comes to your personal computer and your Nintendo Switch for your enjoyments. Hooray. uh, Who's publishing this game? Telltale is dead. This was a Telltale game. Who is, uh, who's doing the publishing of Sam and Max Save the World Remastered? Anyone know? I don't know. Who did the publishing for, uh, what was it, the final season of Walking Dead? Uh, oh, that was like Sky something. <laughs> right? I, I don't know. Skylanders. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we are the, welcome to Bombers, the most informed gaming podcast on the internet. What, uh, what else is coming out on the second? We've also got Shiren the Wanderer, the Tower of Fortune, and the Dice of Fate coming to PC and Switch. That's like a lot. That's like too long. I hate it. Three different games in one title, almost. Trial of Cold Steel, the Shiren the Wanderer, the Tower of Fortune, and the Dice of Fate. So this Um, game, the Tower of Fortune Street, Dice of Fate. Yes. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And the Dice of Fate. I had a joke there, and I lost it halfway. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell. Sheeran the Wanderer is a uh, DS game that was originally released in Japan only in 2010. Uh, it was specifically this version of Sheeran the Wanderer. This is the fifth game in this franchise, if you didn't know. Sheeran the Wanderer is a uh, an RPG roguelike um, where you basically... It's like a Oops. mystery dungeon game, basically. It's a dungeon crawler. you got to keep track of your inventory. You have to make sure that you have food, uh, you know... 
Sheer and the Wanderer is not a series that historically has gotten great reviews, but when this game got released in America on PlayStation Vita, no less, in 2016, no less, it actually did get some pretty solid reviews. Were it not an RPG roguelike, I would actually be more interested in this, but if that's your thing, this might be your thing. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Are there any new games coming out? No, ports only from now on. Okay, just checking. Well, I think this next one is. Next game for December 3rd is Immortals Phoenix Rising, which is coming to basically everything. I don't even know what this game is. It's Breath of the Wild made by Ubisoft. So bad? Well, not necessarily. Really? Yeah, look look at the footage, dude. Everything about it. This game is going to draw Breath of the Wild comparisons immediately in reviews. Like... I, it's already been drawing Breath of the Wild comparisons from the trailers and stuff. Right, but I'm saying if you... You remember that game they used to play on Easy Allies back when the Easy Allies podcast was good where they would they would play that game that they would predict how many times a word would, or a phrase would appear in like Metacritic article blurbs or, or whatever? Oh, yeah. Or like on yeah, the back of the box? I, like, I don't listen to any podcast except Bombers. Why do you listen to the podcast that you're already on? That's very boost self-centered. Boost our numbers. Plus, I sound good. True. You are but like 50% of our listeners at this point. Anyway, th- every review is going to draw a comparison to Breath of the Wild with this game. Every single one. Book it. Now I'm interested. Especially because it's Ubisoft, and I know that they make great games like Watch Dogs Legion. I have a, I have a challenge. Either one of the bombers or one of the 11 fans of the show that we have should play Immortals Phoenix Rising and then write a review of it without referencing Breath of the Wild at any point. Instead, reference the Bombers. Well, yeah, obviously. I like that idea. Challenge mode activated. Every time you would say, this game is really good or this part of the game is really awesome, instead of good or awesome or any superlatives, replace the superlative with the word Bomber and uh, hopefully it'll get on Metacritic. And then we'll then we'll really start picking up the listenership. And anytime you want to say it, that it really reminded you of Breath of the Wild, just say it reminded you of Bombers. Mm. Nailed it. So what uh, what port is coming out on the fourth? Rainbow Six Siege Game of the Year Edition <laughs> remastered. This time for I was asking. P- this Piddle. time PlayStation Six and Xbox Series Y. Can you even believe it? They're releasing a next-gen <laughs> game so early? Wow, I can't... Oh, man. Woo! You know, they call it the Xbox Series Y because you turn 360 degrees around and walk away. Terrible joke that is still relevant Since I know today. you're dying to know. <laughs> the port for December 4th is Dragon Quest XI-S. Echoes of an Elusive Age or whatever it is. PC and Xbox One. And PS4. Then it's we've also co- got... It's also coming to PS4. Oh, is it? I sort of thought it was already out. It is. So they released Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of an Elusive Age, on PS4. Then it came to Switch as Dragon Quest XI-S, which the S we all thought presumably stood for Switch. But now the S version is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So it's getting re-released again again. Uh, so if you already have the PS4 version, you're playing, you're paying 60 bucks basically for the DS or the 3DS version of the game. Cause it has the 3DS like 2D part. Um, it's, um, it stands for special now. You're getting so ripped special. off. If you're buying this game at this point, buy it on switch or PS4. You don't need, you don't need it on Xbox. Oh, One. You don't. It's, 
It stands for stupid. Yes. There you hey, go. Hey, but but where else can I play in 4K? Come on, Spiegel. Google Stadia. The S stands for Stadia. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I got excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> oh, man. Google Stadia. So funny. What other ports are coming Such out today? FIFA 21 and Madden 21. I care negative amounts in such a large degree that I actually stopped caring about things I used to care about. Is it coming to Stadia? It it probably already is out on Stadia. I'll have to look. I care deeply. We've also got another port of a Nintendo game. Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light coming to the Switch. Question. Is this, in fact, the largest gap port between original release of game and new release of game that does not involve like a simple like virtual console style emulation that's a good question honestly i wouldn't be surprised if it is running on a emulator oh no i guarantee that it is but it's not like the there's there it's not being released on like the, it's not the, the nes um, online service it's yeah, like exactly. its own yeah I, I would have to say title. I would have to say yeah. Like previously, the record might be like Sin and Punishment from the N sixty four to the Wii, I guess. But even that was like a virtual console release. I think yeah, you're right. That was that was virtual console. Yeah. Wow. Weird factoid. Uh, this game is probably probably bad. Huh. I mean, Doom is still getting ported. That doesn't count. Doom gets Doom ported like every anything. six months. I mean, we're talking like longest gap between original release and then like second release. This is the second time. Unless you count the DS version of the game, which was actually a port, which, not like a straight, or it's like a remake, not a not a straight it's port. It's a remake for yeah. sure, yeah. Honestly, we should probably uh, get Doom ported to Bombers. How? Uh, you know what? I'm not going to ask how. What's the next game? <laughs> Fitness Boxing 2. Rhythm and Exercise. <laughs> Who cares about fitness boxing too? Now it's time for zombie kill of the week. Now it's time for Kako Demon Kill of the Week. <laughs> good. That was actually a pretty good um impression. So <laughs> next part, we're just gonna move to our next segment. There's there's nothing coming out this week. It's you'd be surprised to hear that there are new consoles. I mean, there's um, a bunch of stuff coming out, but that it's all ports. Like, literally everything, except Empire Sin is new, Twin Mirror is new, and Immortals, Phoenix Rising oh. is new, and Fitness Boxing 2, Rhythm and Exercise is new, because uh, it's not the same as every other Rhythm and Exercise game that's ever been released in the past 15 years on Wii and Connect and Switch and PlayStation Camera and Stadia. So we were moving on to the next segment, right? Yeah. Gaming headlines that will age poorly. Basically, all the ports will age poorly. Um, we've also got all Super the Mario Maker's did age poorly. That's why they got ported. No, no. Next segment. Next. Took segment. the words right out of my mouth on that one, my friend. <laughs> Super Mario Maker servers will be closing on March thirty first of twenty twenty one. This Super is the Mario original Maker. Super Mario okay. Maker on the Wii U, not the the Switch Super Mario Maker two. I thought the Wii U servers were all already down. Nope, they're still up. They took down Miiverse, but you could still play uh, Splatoon or Mario Kart 8 without paying for an online subscription if you wanted to. Just, just saying. Yeah, but why would I do that when I could pay for an online subscription to do it? 
I'm a modern person. I like to pay for, for those things. Well, you're burying the lead a little bit because that would assume that you didn't already have a Wii U and then you paid money to buy a Wii U for some reason in 2020 instead of just getting a Switch with Super Mario Maker 2 and an online pass, which would it would it would be more money, but it would be the more it's, valuable it's, proposition. It's of this a better point. investment. I'm glad Super Mario Maker servers are shutting down. Here's why. All those courses suck. I hope they shut down Mario Maker 2 servers yesterday. I'm not going to disagree. I hate it. I'd rather play a real Mario game. I don't know if this uh, is actually a headline that will age poorly. I think it's a pretty good headline. Yeah, People have already forgotten about Super Mario Maker. Forgotten about what? People have forgotten about Super Mario Maker. About what? I don't know what you're talking about. Super World Ends With You. Ooh, nice. World Ends With You 2 is coming out to Switch and PlayStation 4, I think it is. Yes. Uh, Piddle, the world ends with me, but the world ends with you, too. I hate you. That's all I got. I don't... Ooh, I wonder how many wonder how many times I'll say that this episode. Uh, the, uh... <laughs> many more, I'm sure. We have like, still, like, half an episode to oh, go. Yeah. Uh, the world ends with you is, a, uh, is an RPG that recently received an incredibly lackluster Switch re-release, but is a fan, like, a cult classic DS game. Could you, would you even say it's a cult classic? If I may. In the same way that Ghostbusters is a cult classic. The Switch release was not the DS re-release. It was a release of the terrible, terrible mobile port. Which was a port yeah. of the DS game, though. That's what I'm Which saying. Which was a port of the DS game. But the Switch version is a Switch port of the mobile port of the DS game. It's not a port of the DS game. That's why it's lackluster and sucks, because mobile games are bad. This is indisputable. <laughs> indisputable it took it took all of the stuff that was super great about the ds that it utilized the touchscreen and the dual screen as like integral parts of the actual fun of the game and neutered all of that and gave us crap and i know this because i foolishly bought it because i really loved the ds one what is it with square and taking their classics and porting them, them onto a mobile porting them to mobile and just making them awful and then Every subsequent release of that game is a port of the mobile port. Why? Got to make their money back on the development costs of the mobile version somehow, right? Some cost. Money's already spent. All right, let's talk about something more interesting. Okay. Week one sales numbers for the new consoles, PlayStation 5, (laughs) Xbox Series S, and X, and I guess Switch. We have... The VG charts with a Z dot com hardware chart here for the week of November 14th, 2020. By the time you're hearing this, they might have the week of the 21st up, but we're reading the very first week that PS5 and, and Series X were on sale. Yeah. PlayStation 5 worldwide sold 1.4 million units, almost 1.5. Xbox Series S and X sold 1.3 million units. And Nintendo Switch, which is. How many years old now? Sold six, seven hundred thousand units, over so, seven hundred thousand. So, so a six-year-old console still did about half of the individual sales of either of the other two new consoles that just released. What world are you living in where the Switch came out in two thousand fourteen? I want to live in that world. It was called the Wii U. Wait, what year is it? You haven't been awake for that long. Wait, what, uh, 
How does math work? Moving on, I, I do think it's I do think it's interesting that that uh, w- one of the things that that these two companies, Sony and Microsoft, were very eager to do following the launch of these consoles, where they were both years? very eager to proclaim and brag that each console was the largest console launch in the history of those two brands. A very easy thing to do when you deliberately front load the stock, and now there's no units out there for anybody to get. So. I don't know. I just I was I was annoyed by the PR speak of the whole thing. Like, so what if it's your biggest launch ever? There's no games and there's no units. But Spiegel, think about the scalpers. Yeah, it doesn't matter who got them. It just matters that they were sold. So what if seven thousand of them went to one guy with his robot minions, AI trolling the sales? Scalpers are the worst. Well, there's your sales. I still think it's just fascinating that these are brand new consoles and the Switch still managed to sell half as many units in just a normal week. The PS5 and the Xbox Series X being that they're basically sold out literally everywhere. I have, I have yet to see one in the wild in any of the stores that I frequent. Um, the Switch is going to sell a ton and those two consoles are going to have sold nothing, uh, which, you know, that's just kind of the nature of it. But I just it's going to be pretty funny. That's That's all. It's going to be very interesting if Switch somehow manages to outsell PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S and X like over the holiday season. It will. I mean, it probably will just based off supply chain. Because again, they front-loaded all of their stock, whereas like Nintendo actually has you know, production capacity because they've, they, you know, they've been doing this for a while. I think Nintendo said they, they were aiming to... to ship 10 million Switch consoles this holiday, uh, which is an astounding number. I mean, I think they increased their sales production uh, projections for 2020 to like 24 million units for the year. Yikes. Yeah, to sell 10 million what, in, in quarter four doesn't sound too, or uh, sorry, Q3 doesn't sound unrealistic at all. If you're talking 24 million, you do true. most of those sales in Q3, the holiday season for them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Spiegel, do you want to discuss my theory on... I mean, yours and my theory, basically, on when the Switch Plus will come out, if it comes out indeed. So a lot of people are uh, speculating that Switch Pro cannot be far behind this holiday season, and we haven't heard anything about it in a while because it is the holiday season. You don't exactly want to dupe a bunch of consumers into buying an old product, or worse, give them a reason not to buy the old product when the new product is right around the corner. But Piddle, a lot of big-ticket games are coming out specifically at the end of March, uh, next year, which is not super surprising because that is the end of the quarter for a lot of Japanese companies, uh, the end of their final quarter of the year. But uh, it does seem to certainly tie into the fact that, this, that the Switch will be four years old, Deg, come March of next year. and That's uh, how math works. Yes. And uh, that the rumors of an upgraded Switch with like you know better specs, Piddle can get into that stuff, will be releasing uh, soon. And March seems to be a great time for that to happen. Uh, so we both think that we're going to be hearing a little bit about the Switch Pro, the Switch Plus, whatever you want to call it, very soon. For me, it's more like, okay, so we're talking four years since Breath of the Wild came out. They're reusing the same engine for Breath of the Wild 2. So development time should not be that long. It's got to be right around the corner. Like right around the corner. What was the turnover time between... Ocarina and Majora's Mask. Two years. Three years. I was going to say it was very close to about 
three or four years. And yeah. You guys are way so off. You guys are way off. It was like less than two years. It was really fast. Is it really? Yes. I thought it was three. Nope. Oh yeah, it's two thousand. It was um because that was the year that the PlayStation Two came out. It came out like a week e- later. It or wasn't something. even uh, like a year and a half. So Ocarina of Time came out in November of ninety eight, and Majora's Mask came out in April of two thousand. I, I we're belaboring this point a lot, but that that is such a fast turnaround time for a game. And I'm not saying that they would do the same thing for Breath of the Wild because they're working with you know not only you know more complicated assets and and development features but also yeah. just like a bigger world that they have to render and do again so it's not going to be that fast but i have a feeling that breath of the wild 2 has been done for a while and the 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 world situation which we will not mention on this podcast uh has kind of turned development time on its head a little bit both for the console and for the game itself i also feel like it 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 could be time for a new mario like an odyssey 2 Mm, I don't know. That's a little bit shorter, but three years. But I mean, think about how frequently Nintendo has churned out new Mario games in the past. I don't know that that's necessarily true, though, because it was three years between Mario Galaxy and Mario Galaxy 2, and that game had a lot of the same assets. And before that, it was like every five years. It was Mario 64 in 96, and then Gal- or, and then uh, Sunshine in 2002. Sunshine. And then Galaxy, mm-hmm. so that's like six years, five years. It takes a while for these big Mario. Yeah, games. but they also picked it up because then there was also the new Super Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, new our Super Mario 3D Land, Super Mario 3D World, um, new Super Mario Brothers U, new Super Luigi U. But those aren't so the they... big gigantic Mario adventures that we talked about on that effortless episode that everyone should go listen to. You also have to question which development teams are working on which Mario series is. is you know the 2d marios versus the 3d marios and the side story marios like mario the mario franchise is so big it includes a lot of subcategories you know so trying to say oh a mario game comes out very frequently is a little disingenuous well a mario game comes out every four months if you want to be accurate but we're talking like the main super mario series exactly that's what i'm saying yeah i'm just I personally feel like it could be coming soon. Both of them, Breath of the Wild 2 and Mario Odyssey 2, both coming to Switch Plus. I'm I feel March 2021. I feel both it in my of them. Gut. Don't you feel like those games would clash horribly with with Monster Hunter Rise and ba- Balan or ba- Balan? Oh, I don't know what it's called. Balan Wonderworld, that Square Enix platformer. Those games directly fly in the face of their third party partnerships, a platformer and an adventure, an action adventure game, alongside Mario Breath of the Wild Two and Mario Odyssey Two. Mario Odyssey Two would probably be like three months out. What about Metroid Prime Four? I think that's the big showcase game for Switch Plus. I think they're waiting on that. I think they'll gameplay trailer it, but I think um I think that's gonna be a twenty twenty one like holiday release. Keeping the int- the interest uh high. And so one of the other reasons I wanted to talk about why I think it's gonna be coming soon is because NVIDIA so basically the Switch and this is the more technical side, basically the Switch has been using the NVIDIA Tegra X one, which was like released in twenty fifteen, I wanna say. This whole time. And NVIDIA uses the Tegra X1 in their own products. But in 2018, NVIDIA also released the Tegra Xavier, which is about probably twice as powerful as the X1. And they've been sitting on it. It is in no products out there. 
It's in nothing, and it's been sitting there for two years. Waiting. It's coming, I'm telling you. Switch Plus. Sounds threatening. It's waiting in the shadows. It's coming. It's going to be great. Disagree with me or not. Uh, If you want to disagree, just do it in the Discord server. What's the uh, what's the price point, Piddle? Do you do you are we on the same page with the price of the system? Because I think that they are going to undercut the PS5 and the Series X by a hundred bucks, and I think four hundred dollars yeah. is your, which I think is tr- a tremendous strategy to release a console yeah, based, that is relatively comparable, just like they did with the Switch. Um, you know, able to run the games, not you know, not nearly at the same level, but it can get the job done, and then to undercut the price by a hundred bucks on, and say, look, we're still Nintendo and we still have all these games. Based on the what it seems like the production costs of the chip are, it is quite a bit more expensive than the what they're using in the Switch right now. But I'd say 400 is likely. Um, I think if it comes with... Like, NVIDIA has that AI upscaling called DLSS. I forget what the DLSS stands for. But um, if it comes with that and it's you're talking upscaled games to 4K... I think they could get away with charging more for it. I think they could get away with charging 500 for it. I know that's not exciting, but based on like the cost of the chip um, and based on like, hey, now you have a portable console, but oh yeah, it can do 4K. It's going to be a good sell to a lot of people. I don't think Nintendo would ever make a console that's that expensive. Gaming, I mean, gaming take that will age poorly, but I don't care. Go, Hot takes exposed <laughs> me people if i mean just look at it this way so if switch outsells the other consoles at 300 this this year it's four years old still selling at 300 dollars. then why not sell at 500 you're talking a better version does 4k just like the the brand new consoles but it's portable i think 500 is a reasonable ask deg you've been very quiet yeah, he started talking about computer chips, and I just didn't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy who's built his computers for how long? Mm, yep. Yep. Yep, all right. Well, uh, I think 400 Piddle thinks 500 Deg, you got a price prediction? You want to have a take for... that ages, ages poorly? Yeah, take that ages poorly on the Switch Pro. Plus? Uh, 450 <laughs> Go screw you! Could you might as well have said four hundred and one dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, honestly, I think Spiegel has it probably closer to right with the four hundred. That's because they don't want to hit. They're not. They're, obvi- they're not going to release it for the same price as the regular Switch. Switch. The one thing on that is that Nintendo has never taken a loss on a console that they've sold. Like they've always sold it more or less basically the value that it is plus a little bit so it it does make me wonder if if you would release a switch plus that is 4k capable and has all the things that that piddle say says would make the console extremely expensive you know maybe they couldn't get away with selling it at 400 dollars. but then again they are under new new leadership now it also depends on exactly what the cost is on the production of it, whether or not they do end up taking a loss at 400 or not well Listeners, let us know what you think. Let us know if you think uh, we are completely wrong that the Switch Plus will not even exist, or if you think I'm way overshooting the price. I think you are 100% naive, not you, Piddle. I think you're 100% naive if you don't think the Switch Plus or Switch Pro or whatever is a thing. 
it's i mean there's just too much out there there's too many reports from reputable sources it's everywhere it makes too much sense for them to do it basically and we're right at that point in the console lifespan for nintendo to be doing it so it it makes like i said perfect sense. one other thing and they always do a hardware refresh like every generation they do a hardware refresh 100 percent. and well they've already done it with the switch Lite. but the other thing is that this also enables them to if they want to get back on the same exact release timeline as the as sony and microsoft and they can just be aligned again which frankly i kind of want uh because that's just the way that i think but to be able to ex- extend the life of the Nintendo Switch for like six more years or even seven more years as the PS5 and Xbox Series X play out, I think is is an incredible value proposition for them because it, it enables them to take their time with coming up with their concept for their next console, basically. I think they're just going to... I think the reason they don't follow that console release schedule is because they just wait until they come up with a cool idea for a new system. And then whenever that happens, they just go with that. But I think you know I mean? think there's something to be said from a business perspective about being competitive and having a competitive release schedule of your product with the other product. Because then you can draw that direct one-to-one comparison and say, well, here's the reason I'm getting a PS5 on day one instead of an Xbox Series X. And here's why all you guys should do that too. It, it just it, it gets a nice head start for them, basically, is kind of how I see it. Maybe for the PS versus xb thing but i think that nintendo has carved out that perfect niche of being the and system well they have no matter but i think they might be trending back towards the other way of being in the hunt all the time yeah you don't agree i don't know they've been the and system basically since the wii let's base if yeah probably the wii time for a change time to get back to it let's get back to the glory days of the gamecube where they didn't have a lot of games, but the games that came out were freaking awesome. I I still can't believe that like the Xbox outsold the GameCube. Barely. What, wow. what Barely. a joke! What a joke! Have you played an Xbox game recently? They're bad. Yeah, I played. Have you uh, played a GameCube game recently? Yeah, we should get to that. Yeah, uh, Spiegel. Tell me, the, tell me about the GameCube games that you've played recently. Yeah, let's uh, move on to the Minish recap. The games that we have been playing. Uh, Spiegel, you are the one who's been playing GameCube, so let's get started with you. Yeah, I played a little GameCube last weekend when Deg was visiting me at at my homestead. Uh, I was playing Mario Golf Toadstool Tour on the GameCube all weekend. Um, I dabbled a little bit in The Sims and The Sims Busting Out and Kirby Air Ride, which Piddle hates, uh, and Deg also seems to hate. Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) You guys don't know anything, Okay. I know that game's not no. good. No, I didn't understand what I was doing, so that's that's why I did not enjoy it. That game was unplayable without watching the how to play that never loaded, and then when it did load, it didn't explain anything, and it was still unplayable. It's a one button game. I mean, what is there to understand? Go around the what city, are you and collect. To pa- do? Go get get the power ups, and then use them, and then kill each other. What do Le- they? Leave, mm. It's like leave it to Masahiro Sakurai to make. A game that only uses one button that is somehow still way too complex and confusing. Kirby Air Ride is like the doom of the Kirby series. Think about it. I refuse to think about it. Anyway, Mario... I'm I'm uncomfortable thinking about it. Anyway, Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Awesome game. Uh, The best Mario Golf game. Um, Really precise mechanics, actually, which you don't really think about precision in video gaming and around the time of the N64, the GameCube. But it really... 
it does a lot. Uh, there's like wind and the club that you select and the lie of the ball and like the physics. And it's, it's just a really in-depth golf game. Um, there are no Mario sports games that are as in-depth as Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Uh, you probably don't have a way of playing it if you don't have a GameCube, but it's really good. And uh, I recommend it to everyone. I had fun watching it. Deg had fun watching golf for crying out loud. Are you doing like manual shots yet? Of course I do the manual okay. shots. Yeah, always. Get that good old backspin or front spin on it. Love it. The front spin never seems to work out for me. Every time I do it, I always end up in like this weird bad spot. I feel like I should just backspin every shot, and that way it just rolls to a spot where I can hit it flatly. Weird bad spot. <laughs> Man, Mario sports games are really good. Um. Well, <laughs> some of them are. Well, you know, there's some sequels that they lost their way, but... For the most part, like the first Mario Tennis on 64. Virtual um, Boy. Toadstool Tour. The yep. All-Star Baseballs. Or, yeah, all, the Baseball All-Stars or whatever it is. Mario Superstar Baseball. And then Mario Strikers Charged on Wii was awesome. But when I think of like bad Mario sports games, I think of like Mario Hoops 3-on-3, three three, which actually I think was developed by Square. And like Mario Sports Mix on Wii. And then Mario Sports Superstars on 3DS. Like those kind of crappy half-baked just like, let's get something out there. It's weird how they managed to figure out exactly what to do with it and then just didn't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. 13 years since the last yeah, Mario weird. Strikers game. And it was amazing. Uh, any other games? Bring it Spiegel. back. 2022 World Cup Mario Strikers edition. Uh, yeah. Other games. Uh, I'm still working on the Phoenix Wright trilogy. And I played a little bit of uh, Pikmin 3 Deluxe with my wife, QJ. Uh, playing the co-op, and uh, she proceeded. She proceeded to get mad at me like immediately because I'm bad at, I'm <laughs> bad at co-op games because I refuse to like dip down to the level of the person I'm playing with. Because I'm like, oh, you're letting three Pikmin die. This is the worst day of my life, and then I don't talk to her for the rest of the day. Uh, so I don't think she likes playing co-op games with me. But the co-op in that game is really fun. It's a really good way to re-experience Pikmin three. Doesn't sound fun. Well, it was fun for me. Well, <laughs> for a minute. When Pikmin die, it's really depressing. It's worse than when family dies. They're disposable. You can make more. Just like family. <laughs> wow, this went down an unexpected turn. Um, Deg, let's move on to you. Hi. What have you been playing? Speaking of moving down an unexpected turn, uh, <laughs> let's start with the things that aren't uh, depressing. Um, oh, wow. Uh, the things I listed here are all depressing. Not the last one. Uh, yeah, I went to visit the Spiegel Homesteads and played some games on, uh, the, my Wii. Nope, my Switch. I, wow. All right, let's talk about the reason why I suck at talking today. I stayed up all night playing Stellaris. Okay. Yep. What is that it? Game, that game, uh, uh, ugh. I haven't slept. Uh, Don't worry. It's the magic like, of editing will save you. <laughs> you will just highlight how bad I am. So it's like um, Civ, 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 Sid Meier's Civilization. Sid Meier's Civilization. That's the one. But in space. It's a 4X game. You know, like the explore, exploit, expand. Explode. Expire, explode, expatriate, expiration date. There's four X's. I don't remember what they are. But it's like Civilization in space. Which means that it is incredibly engaging where you do, you, you do the whole like... No, just let me, let me take care of this next thing. All right, well, let me do this thing. And the next thing you know, it's 10 a.m. And you have to record bombers. Apparently. I don't know what time it is, actually. You don't know what year it is. You don't know it's what really time good. it is. It sounds like Stellaris has taken over your life in a way that a game really hasn't. 
since the last time you played Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. Exactly. It is just like that. So if you like those like strategy-esque empire builder style civilization things, go get Stellaris. Don't play Empire of Sin. Play Stellaris. Exactly. Don't stay current. Go play old games. They're all better anyway. And the the new games are just going to get ported later anyway. And then you can buy the original for cheaper. And Stellaris is keeping up to date with, um, like, DLC packs. So. Episodic DLC packs. No, they're just DLC packs. Oh. It's like uh, old but new. Uh, I also, as I was trying to say earlier, played some Switch games. Played um, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, which um, I gotta say... The rice part is way more intriguing than the ruin part, in my opinion. Isn't that how life always uh, works? A, is it? Yeah, it is. It's a game in which, in one portion of the game, you are a rice farmer. Like, in-depth, plant it, fertilize it, water it, weed it. Like, they really get into the nitty-gritty of how to grow rice. And it's really cool. It's not like the Harvest Moon, all the crops are the same. Stardew Valley, you're not really farming. They, like, have the details. And then the Ruin part is basically a 2D... I don't want to necessarily say beat-em-up, but that's essentially what it is. And the combat is a little choppy. Doesn't feel as smooth as I would like to be coming off of someone who played for instance Muramasa the Demon Blade which is an exceedingly smooth combo based uh 2D uh hack and slash are there any are there any roguelike elements in this game no thank goodness i'm sold already there you go is it on vita <laughs> don't think so what no idea <sighs> it's 2020 well, all I'm... the obscure games need to be coming to vita I'm offended. I can't get it now. I feel like all of the obscure Vita games are coming to Switch. That's true, actually. That's very that's yeah. <laughs> that's highly true. When yeah. are we getting Conception Two, uh, Children of the Seven Sins, or whatever it's called? That's got to be coming soon. I don't know, but Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity came out. What does it say? If I don't even know if that game Spiegel mentioned is real or not, it's definitely real. It's, that's a Spiegel. Yeah, that that's a Spiegel special conception too, for sure. Spiegel's special is conception. Hyrule Warriors came out, and that's another hack and slash, and I really enjoyed playing that, and I'm excited to play more of it. Uh, and it, I I I felt better about this Hyrule Warriors than I did about the other one, the older one. Uh, the controls were a lot smoother. A lot of the animations were way more fun to look at. It just felt better. I tried the demo, but like the one before it, I don't think it's for me. You just don't like Warrior games? I guess not, which is sort of disappointing because I want to like this game. The setting intrigues me. And the best part about a Warriors game is the catharsis that you get from mowing your way through thousands of troops at once. I it just feels good. I just pretend that all the enemies are my coworkers. 
There you go. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening. Hi, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Coworkers. <laughs> now that, okay, would you buy it, question mark, a game <laughs> where you're able to put in somehow like the images of your sworn mortal enemies over the faces of the characters and then you kill them. Yes. You could almost do that in one of the games I played. Let's talk about that. Or Deg, you have you have one more. Do you want to Yeah, I, I um on one of these recent days sat down. I think it was last day for the stream. Sat down and streamed a way out, which I believe you two played together, if I recall. Yeah, we did. We talked about it on the show. Yeah, we hated it. I hated it. I hated things about it. Yeah, Spiegel was not a fan of the ending. I am also not a fan of the ending. I, isn't it so stupid? No, I mean, no spoilers. It's pretty but dumb. It's so... Mm, it infuriates me every time I think about it. It was... The game was really intriguing and really fun up until the last 10 minutes. And then the last 10 minutes were like, this is... Pointless. Dumb. Yeah, just dumb. There's no reason but to I play will... that game based on, based on how it ends. If that... I, I don't know if that gives away too much, but... I will say the one thing that I will say. I was playing it you with... You will say uh, the one thing the, you will say. I, I'm going to say it now. Go ahead. I played it with uh, one of our 11 fans, Rumor, and we are going to play through it again with each of us playing the opposite character that we played the first time with the idea of seeing the other ending. Even though we know it's going to basically be the same thing, but with the different character, we just kind of want to see all of it, quote-unquote. And then... After seeing what is essentially both paths, I don't think I'll ever touch that game ever again in my life. Just play Brothers A Tale of Two Sons. You'll have a better time with a better I narrative. Played, I played that a, a, a while ago. And it's better. I I mean, I really liked the art direction and the way yep. that the game presented itself. Of a way out? Yes. And a lot of the moments in it are really fun yeah it's just and the right the end really ruins it the the writing was actually really good up until the last 10 minutes and then the writing was bad and the art direction was spoiled and the gameplay was not fun anymore a way out is like if game of thrones had a baby <laughs> with prison break and it was which, a video game I think I've complained about the title of Prison Break before, because, like, are they just constantly breaking out of prison? Like, how does I mean, that work? It's sort of like it's sort of like the game called A Way Out, where you, you find a way out in the very first chapter, and then it has nothing to do with that for the last four it's hours a way, of the game. It's a way out of the terrible life that you used to lead, but they keep pulling you back in, Dag. It's not, it's not that. You're right, it's not at all. That's uh that's my game. So I want to talk about Piddle. He said something about murdering coworkers. So I'm I'm really intrigued here. Kingdom Hearts. Well, it was is a game about killing nope. your coworkers. Because your coworkers I, are I, all heartless. I wish. So I played Perfect Dark, uh -huh. which if you don't know, I got my Piddle name from Perfect Dark. I don't. Um, the really? PD long part. story. The P and the I and the D and the other D. Oh, Perfect Dark Link. Yep. And really enjoyed it. So I basically rediscovered it. Um, and yes, you could have theoretically killed your coworkers at one point because at one point you were going to be able to use a Game Boy camera to take pictures of faces and then put those faces 
on enemies in the game. Wait, really? Yeah, it was last minute scratched. Oh man, for I... obvious reasons, I think. But yeah, it's it's a great game. I am when I revisited it on uh, I played the 360 Xbox Live Arcade version. Nice. Um, and when I first revisited it after like maybe 15 years. I sort of wasn't that impressed, but the more I play it, the more I love the world that was built, uh, that like futuristic sort of, sort of cyberpunk kind of thing. And then like the future. Yeah. The like, um, government or not really government conspiracy, more like, um, it's pretty government, like corporate conspiracy, corporate, yeah. yeah, Corporate espionage kind of stuff. Um, and there's an alien private military companies who cracks wise. Yep. And there's aliens and, um, just the, yeah, the art direction I really enjoy. I love all the one-off gadgets that you use throughout the game. I finally, finally beat the entire game on Perfect Agent, which I could never do when I was younger because some of the stuff you have to do to do that is ridiculous. Um, I've unlocked almost everything in the game, and yeah, it's good. I it really makes me want a new one, and I'm hoping and hoping that the new. Uh, Microsoft Studio is indeed bringing back Perfect Dark. Well, if you're excited for a new one, I've got some good news for you. Because on the 360, there's a little game. No. I played that one. Not good. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's real bad. It's bad. It's so bad. It's pretty terrible. Which game is worse? Which which of the three games that I'm about to name is the worst game with zero in the title? Perfect Dark Zero. Bomberman Act Zero. Star Fox Zero. Foo. You can't even That's answer. A, it's an impossible question. They're all so disappointing. They're all pretty bad. <laughs> They're all disappointing reimaginations of like classic franchises that were once great and were suddenly perverted into this like weird. I mean, for Not Bomberman goodness. and Perfect Dark, it got like really dark and like gritty. But for Star Fox, they like quote unquote went back to the roots with like a totally insane control scheme that sucked the control scheme was bad the story was literally just the same story that we saw twice before but slightly different and let's not talk about that anymore and worse. next game bomberman act zero next game i want to talk about is uh mario world or super mario 3d world i have been playing it with my family uh, four players co-op. Wow, really? Works really well. We are so far two worlds into the, or we've beaten the first two worlds, uh, and it's fun with other people. It's actually a really fun family game. It's like we talked it's about. A, it's a perfect family game. It's like we talked about on Effortless. It's the type of game where it's the type of Mario platformer where you're not just constantly getting in each other's way and making the game more difficult. It actually is. It just changes it up in such a way that it's it's almost more engaging if you're a seasoned player to play it with other people if that makes sense as yeah it's as opposed to frustrating that you get in the new super mario right exactly there are some moments of frustration where you're getting in, in each other's way but for the most part it's worked out really well for a family activity my kids the first time i asked to play they're like no 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 and uh the last couple times that we've played they they have asked to play so they enjoy it um I enjoy it, and yeah, really good family game. Just wait till you, that's not just Wii Sports. Just wait till you get to Champion Road uh, with four people. 
Try, yeah, that's try to figure that out. That will probably not be happening. Uh, let's let's be real. And then uh, last game I've been playing is Kingdom Hearts. It finally went on sale on the Xbox One store, so I got it. I have played Kingdom Hearts before, but I that's the only one I've played. I have not finished the entire series, so I'm buckling down. I'm going to try to get through the entire series, which is ridiculous. Seems like a waste of time. I just bought Birth by Sleep it, on my PSP. You can borrow it if you want. It probably is a waste of time, and that's okay. <laughs> Games are all I, about I have wasting lo- time, right? I have I have a lot of time to waste right now. Aw. So... No coworkers There's killing things about- for you. You need coworkers to do that. Ooh. Uh, I have to say, I still love the art direction of Kingdom Hearts. I love just visiting the Disney worlds. Not a fan of how tedious the gameplay is. The game basically says, like, you got to go here, then there, then here, then there. But it doesn't actually tell you where to go specifically a lot of the time. Nope. So if you do not use a guide... You are going to waste so much of your life on this series. And that was, um, I had originally gotten it from my parents as a gift way back when it came out. And I played probably the first, I played the first world. Um, Traverse Town. Which is like, uh, well, no, no, no. Uh, the, the jungle world after that. Oh, okay. And I easily spent five hours on that world before I was just like, you know what? Screw this game. I don't know what to do or where to go right now. All I'm doing is fighting heartless constantly. And, uh, I basically came up with the decision that the game was crap. You're crap. No, it's, it's, uh, you like, um, Chrono Trigger, right? Yep. How much does that game tell you where to go? Not much, but well, the game world on. isn't nearly I, as big. Hold on, Ooh, I don't check. think he's—I don't nope. think he's finished his opinion yet, though. Like y- you seem to be leading towards something. Like you were of the opinion that the game was was crap, but but what? But you know, it's not crap. The effortless bombers. podcast, hand bombers. Okay, is that the end of the episode now? Because I still don't know and what you I think. Still want to hear hearts. about this? Yeah, I, I, I'm not like, ready. Let's oh, wrap man. that up real quick. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> I don't know. It's I, I've I've the game has grown on me because using a guide makes it playable. How far in like did you beat it? I have beaten it before. So right now uh, on this replay, I am um, just finished Agrabah. So wait, you played it the first time, determined it was crap, then yep. later played it and beat it, and now you're playing it again and yep, going to presumably beat it a second time. Yes. And you that's don't as, know how you feel about it? That's as convoluted as the actual Kingdom Hearts storyline. The reason I'm replaying it is because the story was so confusing the first time around, I don't even remember what happened. It's easy. There are these princesses, and then you stab yourself, and then the moon is a heart or something. No, the guy turns into a boat. No, the um, someone has a blindfold on? No, at some point, um, there's lasers, right? Or is that the second one? Or is that the third one? It's episodic. I just want to I want to point out that I think that the best way to end the episode is for me to ramble there and eventually just fade. Away. <laughs>